Thanks so much for joining us today, Kevin. Let's start with the COVID case numbers statewide over the last week or two. It's not looking good. Not looking good at all. Um, you know, as we track the numbers, we've seen record numbers of new cases statewide. We're seeing daily records like we saw a week ago Friday. You know, I track these every Friday. I do a blog on our, our website at idahoednews.org every Friday evening. And I'm compiling this week's numbers. And at this point, we've got 20 counties that are seeing an increase of more than 10% just in the past week. That's almost half the counties in the state. So this isn't an isolated localized issue. I mean, this is, this is pretty much a statewide spike in cases from Eastern Idaho uh, into areas of, the, of North Idaho and everywhere in between. And there are, of course, a couple different ways to look at those cases. You, know, you and I both look at the numbers five o'clock every single day, and there's the total number of cases, and then there's the case rate. And when you look at that case rate, there are a lot of rural counties that are being hit pretty hard. There definitely are. So, you know, it, it's, it's really kind of interesting because when you look at the, the case rates, uh, you know, Ada County obviously has the most cases in, in the state and saw a pretty significant spike in cases just on, on Thursday. But when you look at the overall rate, not as bad, not as acute as we're seeing in some of these uh, rural counties, some of these, you know, mid-sized counties like Madison County, where you've seen this huge increase in cases, it also translates into a, a really high uh, concentration when you divide it against the overall population. So let's talk about how this affects public schools. Uh, there are a lot of school boards that are eyeing those numbers and it's affecting whether or not kids can go back to school in person. Yeah, and we're, we're seeing a lot of you know, local controversy about what's happening in the schools and what uh, school boards are having to decide. Um, in the aggregate, when you look at those case numbers, as I do uh, in, in the schools, school-aged children, 5 to 17, those numbers are increasing, and they've been increasing faster than the overall statewide rate. So, you know, relatively speaking, uh, we're seeing a little bit higher percentage of uh, cases in school-aged community, which, of course, translates into concern about, you know, are kids going to spread the virus within the school? Does that leave teachers and staff susceptible? Uh, does that lead to community spread? So those numbers at, at the K-12 level, as best as we can break them down, are really important because they're really an indicator of what may be happening in the communities. Well, let's talk about one of the more high-profile district controversies that Idaho has seen lately. Uh, West Ada teachers coordinated a sick out at the beginning of this week that lasted two days. And full disclosure for our viewers, my mother works for a West Ada school, although she isn't a teacher. Um, but Kevin, can you tell us about the sick out and what's next for these teachers that are concerned? Well, what's next is that West Ada has gone back to school and they're in a hybrid model, which means that uh, the 38,000 students are splitting their time between face-to-face -face learning and online learning. They're, they're in school one day, then they're at home and they're doing that on, all, on an alternating basis so that uh, only half of the students are in the buildings at a given time. But you know, West Ada is six weeks into the school year. And what we've seen in these six weeks, we had a really, uneven rollout of online learning uh, right after Labor Day. Lots of uh, upset parents. You had legislators 
write a letter to the trustees urging the trustees to go full-time face-to-face learning. And, and some fairly powerful legislators who signed on to that, Mike Moyle, Chuck Winder, you know, Stephen Harris, some folks who have some real clout at the state house weighing in. You've got a recall election right now targeting all five trustees because uh, this parents group is upset about the rate of the reopen. And as you mentioned, the sick out, you had hundreds of teachers calling in sick on Monday and Tuesday. So you've got nervous parents, you've got nervous teachers, upset parents, and you have impatient legislators. And that's the, you know, that's the hurricane that's hit landfall at the West Ada District. And that's what the trustees are in the middle of right now. And there is a lawsuit against West Ada that was filed this week about the sick out um, over whether or not it was a, a strike. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So this lawsuit was filed. Uh, the Idaho Freedom Foundation is uh, supporting this uh, lawsuit that was filed on Tuesday. And it's really what it's targeting more than more than the district. It's targeting the union, which uh, you know, orchestrated the sick out and is challenging the, the legality of public employees uh, staging, you know, what amounted to a, a walkout that effectively closed the schools for two days. So, you know, obviously we'll watch this uh, case pretty closely. Are there other districts around the state with rising case numbers that are eyeing what the West Data Education Association did and maybe considering their own sick out? We haven't heard of any districts uh, at that stage of the process right now. That's not to say that teachers aren't uh, privately talking about their options. Uh, I think, you know, especially teachers who are, you know, who maybe have uh, medical conditions of their own, uh, maybe are a little bit older, maybe are in, in that demographic uh, where they have more of a concern about COVID-19. I'm sure you have teachers and, and staff members really weighing their options and wondering about uh, the safety of being in the schools. So right now we don't know of any uh, any similar actions going on around the state, but uh, again, we're only a few weeks into the school year. And if everything we're hearing from the health officials and the health experts is true, we're not out of the woods here by any stretch of the imagination. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. So who knows what we're gonna see in the school districts. The recall in West Data, the recall effort in West Data isn't the only one happening in Idaho right now. So elsewhere, there are other parents who are upset with blended learning models as well. Right, we have uh, recall efforts in the works in Pocatello, Chubbuck and Idaho Falls. So, so three of the largest districts in the state are looking at recalls, but you know, it's not across the board angst and, and, and controversy. Boise School District went into a hybrid learning model for K through 12 this week, very similar model to what has caused all of this controversy in West Ada. And you have not seen the same kind of, uh, of unrest. I mean, there are union members, I'm sure, who are concerned about this and teachers who are concerned about this. But as far as an orchestrated uh, counter-protest uh, you know, counter uh, or anything like that, we haven't seen that in Boise to this point. I'm thinking about a lot of these trustees around the state at all of the different school boards and they're kind of in an impossible situation. There are a lot of teachers who are concerned about their safety. There are a lot of parents who are concerned about their kids education and don't want blended learning models and and what how are trustees viewing this impossible situation that they're in. You know, I had a chance to talk to a couple of former trustees to kind of get more of a detached view of this. I've talked to Troy Roan, who had 
uh, served on the Boise School Board until just last month. He resigned in, in late September out of frustration. He, he was really frustrated that the, the federal government and the state government has not taken a leadership role in dealing with the pandemic and has basically punted the issue to local school boards. And you know, Troy Roan is a professor at Boise State University, very, very smart individual, and, and just felt very frustrated by this. And I talked to him about his eight years on the school board and the biggest controversy that uh, he can remember from eight years before 2020 was uh, back three years ago when the district talked about trying to move up the start of the school year into mid-August. And there was a, a lot of uh, consternation about you know, you're, you're cutting short summer, you're, you're making our kids go back to school in mid-August, how dare you? That was controversy for school boards before 2020. And you know, now I think you've got school boards who are in a very, you know, they're in a no-win situation. You know, they're, you know, they're not gonna make anybody happy. And in West Ada's case, especially you're seeing that uh, and, and dealing with a very complicated issue and, you know, you know, very literally a life and death issue for teachers, for staff, for the community at large. I've sat through a lot of Public Health District Board of Health meetings lately and, and read coverage of other school board meetings. Um, and I get the sense that a lot of these officials are flustered. This is a scenario that so few people anticipated and frankly, is uh, much more complex than a lot of them are prepared to deal with. Um, how do you think this is going to affect who is willing to run for office in the future? Let's put school board positions into some perspective here. It's not like a seat in the legislature or a seat on a city council. You know, these school trustees, uh, they're, they're unpaid. Uh, they're untrained. I mean, there's no mandatory training for school trustees. They can get training if they want it, they, if they want to pursue it. Uh, these are folks who are, in many cases, they're, they're parents or they're local business people, and, and they just want to kind of get involved in their community. They're concerned about education. They're, you know, they're passionate about education. But a lot of school districts really struggle to find people who are willing to take this position in the first place. You know, we've got this recall going on in West Ada. You've got five trustees in West Ada. One of the five trustees actually won a contested race to get on the school board. And the other four trustees have run unopposed in the past. And that's the largest district in the state by far. I mean, that's a district where there isn't exactly a, you know, you know a, a whole bunch of wannabe trustees waiting in the wings wanting to, to serve for, for no money. Yeah. I think, you know, I talked to Quinn Perry with the Idaho School Boards Association. This has been a concern for the, that organization for years. Uh, trustee positions that have gone wanting that uh, basically districts have had to recruit people to, to serve. And, you know, they expect that that will only get worse, that the, that the you know, it's gonna be harder for districts to find people who are willing to serve. And, and I, I have to think that that's gonna be the case. Let's shift to higher ed. What are we seeing with case numbers at universities and colleges? You know, it's actually uh, trending in the right direction on a lot of campuses. Uh, University of Idaho has seen a decrease in new cases over the past couple of weeks. And if you recall, a couple of weeks ago, uh, several uh, fraternity and sorority houses were in quarantine. Uh, the concern was that there were really widespread uh, outbreaks centered on Greek row. 
those numbers are starting to trend downward at, at University of Idaho. There are downward trends at Idaho State University, even at BYU-Idaho, which is right in the middle of Madison County, which is probably the hotspot of hotspots in, in Idaho. They're starting to see some decline in active cases in the student body. Boise State's numbers have stayed fairly stable the past couple of weeks. So, you know, the schools, the, the colleges and universities, especially the state universities, just want to get to Thanksgiving because the plan is that after Thanksgiving, the rest of the fall semester is going to be online anyway. So I think they're just kind of counting off the final few weeks to, to get to Thanksgiving and, and hopefully keep face-to-face um, -face learning or keep the uh, mix of face-to-face -face and online learning on the campuses. But right now, the numbers seem to at least be stabilizing or actually improving on some of the campuses. How about enrollment at colleges and universities? You know, and this was another uh, thing that we were watching very carefully because uh, into the spring and the summer, there were projections of huge enrollment decreases uh, across the whole higher education system, not just in Idaho. We now have the numbers for the four four-year institutions in the state, and we did not see that catastrophic decline in enrollment. We are seeing some declines in enrollment, but we're also seeing some signs of uh, increases in terms of enrollment on campus. One thing that's really interesting, though, is that uh, one thing that's driving some of the enrollment decreases we saw is a decrease in the number of high school kids who are signing up for dual credit classes. And dual credit has been this big initiative. The state has been pushing this hard, giving the kids state funding to take dual credit classes, to knock out some college credits while they're in high school. Those numbers are dropping significantly. So this, uh, and that's affecting the enrollment numbers because those, those high school students are counted towards overall enrollment. So it gets really wonky and it gets really confusing. But the bottom line here is the enrollment has decreased in the aggregate, but it hasn't decreased to the level that we were expecting it might. You know, even with enrollment not being as bad as people were expecting it to be, these institutions are still facing some budget woes. But now the state of Idaho is unexpectedly flush with cash. Right. So, you know, the, the projections that we heard last week are uh, a surplus of more than $500 million. And you, you have to throw in a lot of different variables to get to the 500 million. But one of the things that is driving it is an increase so far in tax collections. Uh, tax collections are coming in ahead of schedule for you know the first couple of months. And the big months in terms of tax collection won't come until the spring when people file their income taxes. But the trends right now indicate that there's going to be quite a bit of money that legislators can wrangle over when they hit town in January. So you can expect debates over tax relief, over restoring teacher salary increases that are on hold. And I think you're definitely going to see some discussion about higher education and uh, trying to offset some of the cuts that they've uh, endured. And briefly, uh, we want to give our viewers an update on an initiative from the state that the governor announced last month about cash grants available to families who have been adversely affected by online learning and school shutting down. Yeah, so this is the Strong Families, uh, Strong Students initiative that the governor announced about a month ago. The application process went live on Wednesday, and the state already has received more than 14,000 applications from parents wanting a share of these grants to offset the cost of online learning at home. 
that's money that can be used to upgrade your internet or it can be used to uh, buy a laptop or a, a device for your, for your child. The state has about $50 million, a little bit less than $50 million after you pay the vendor to uh, you know, hand out in these grants. The state was hoping to serve about 30,000 households. So if you're already at 14,000 applicants and that's Friday morning, so we'll, we'll see where it's at uh, the rest of the day and into next week, this money's going pretty quickly. And it really, I think, underscores some of the uh, challenges that we're seeing in the communities. And it really kind of underscores this whole digital divide that we've been talking about these past few months. Uh, parents, households trying to make online learning work when, uh, when the infrastructure isn't there for them. All right, Kevin Richard, Idaho Education News. Thank you so much. Thank you.